This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. And hello, I'm your host, Wes Bleed. Or as business managers, we get so hung up in the business and taking care of our people and taking care of our customers. We forget about ourselves. And I just wanted to remind all of us, myself in particular, because I'm the biggest hypocrite on this, we have to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. That's Greg Reinecke, Managing Director of Red Fox Advisors, speaking at a recent commercial industrial section meeting of the Water Quality Association. And welcome to WQA Radio, news and insights about the water treatment industry. Find us at wqa.org and on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This is episode number 170. If you're joining us for the first time, glad you are here. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future shows. That is the magic of podcasting, of course. And in this episode, we will hear from Greg, who was also a member of the WQA Board of Directors, as he talks to colleagues about responding to the COVID-19 crisis, some of the biggest challenges members face right now, and how now is the time to take the time to train. We'll also have a regulatory update from Kathleen Burbage and our WQA tip. Now on to remarks from Greg Reinecke, speaking at the Commercial Industrial Section meeting on WQA Radio. Uh, These are unprecedented times. We're living in a time that for most of us, uh, we haven't seen any, any kind of craziness or hysteria like this. And these unprecedented times have created some interesting things in our world. Our team has been communicating with a lot of our consulting clients and some of our associates, and we put together a list of current concerns, things that we're all worried about. And what's interesting is the world is really not a whole lot different than it was the day before we worried about COVID. But we're in a situation where stress is exposing weaknesses. There's an old Latin saying, it says, in vino veritas, in wine there is truth. And what that means is, if you get somebody sufficiently inebriated, you find out what they really think about things and you see who they really are. Well, in our businesses, we're all very good at pretending to be good at what we're good at. And in stress, there is truth. So when stress manifests in the business environment, we get a little flavor of who we really are. If business is good, we often are in a situation where we ignore some of those uh, issues that we really should be dealing with because business is good. We've got enough money coming in. We're not worried about losing money on the back end because we're generating new money. But as soon as something happens, COVID in this case, As soon as something happens that interrupts our normal workflow, suddenly our weaknesses are exposed. Suddenly our problems are exposed. So if we look on the screen, I'm assuming you can all see the the slide on the screen of current concerns. These are the top six things that keep coming up when we talk to people. And the number one is supply chain disruption. Not only disruption, but also delay. 
And when we, we look at the 21st century and we look at how we are interconnected in this world, and we look at our recent memory of trade tariffs and issues like that, we're starting to see some of the weaknesses in the system we've created. The system that's great when times are good, but not so great when times are bad. And so one of the biggest worries we're seeing out there, especially commercially and industrially, is issues with supply chain. Shipments are taking longer to get to where they need to go. Uh, distributors are holding less on-hand inventory than ever before. I mean, the days of being able to track down large pipe diameter specialty materials are getting harder. They're not as easy as they used to be. And so it's forcing dealers and distributors to carefully evaluate their supply chain because the worst thing you can do is sell a job and not be able to fulfill your obligation to perform. Uh, extended to that supply chain disruption is job start delays. Uh, there's a lot of issues coming up now where project managers are nervous, owners are nervous, owners' representatives are nervous, architects and engineers are nervous. People are nervous, they're not sure what to do, and so there's jobs that have been committed, might even have taken a small deposit on it, you've purchased product, and now they're holding off. They don't want you to quite start yet. We recently got a report from the Pacific Northwest of a very large seven-figure job where the project manager held everybody off for 14 days because of the governor's non-emergency rules. And that created an instant problem for this particular contractor because his company had already purchased all of the raw material and we're on a net 30 and they were counting on their 2% net 10 discount to make enough money on the job. Wouldn't be a big deal in normal times, but in stressful times, these things become exacerbated. The same with the next issue, which is labor scarcity. We've for the last 10 years, seeing a perpetual decline in the available pool of ready, willing, able, and excited skilled labor. The uh, college industry has done a phenomenal job of teaching people that college is the only way to success. And a lot of people have bought that story. Uh, we're hoping to see the blue collar renaissance happen, but it's slow. And so it's really hard to find good help. This isn't a 2020 problem. This has been a perpetual problem. But again, stress exacerbates the problem. Next issue that's showing up more often than not is absenteeism. People are getting flu symptoms. They think they have COVID, so they stay at home because they're terrified of dying or infecting their friends. Uh, people have family members that require care. So there's more and more attrition of employees that are available to work, more and more attrition of employees that are available to be on job site, and even employees now going from full-time to part-time in essential businesses because they have other obligations to take care of. When the schools shut down, a lot of parents have problems with making sure that their kids are taken care of, and this impacts all of our businesses. The next thing we're seeing that's coming up is the legal complications of a government mandated disruption in the economy, and particularly where you have federal, state, county, and local involvement. So we all understand force majeure clauses in our contracts. The problem is some jurisdictions are viewing COVID shutdowns as force majeure, others are not. And so it's creating a lot of issues with contract fulfillment for a lot of contractors. 
And of course, the final concern, which is always the biggest concern, is slow pay. Uh, accounts receivables are becoming stretched out further and further and further and further. Whether it's something as simple as the accounts receivable person working from home and not getting bills out fast enough, or on the other side, the accounts payable person not being at work, being sick, working from home, not processing checks quickly enough, or a bank system, for example, a large major bank yesterday had a four-hour outage on their EFT system. Four-hour outage might be a major problem if that's the day that your EFTs go through and you've got to wait that 48-hour holding time. So all of these issues come through and they're magnified when we have problems. So we know we got problems. We all know we got problems. So what do we do? So one of the things that that we've taken a lot of time to talk about with people in the last three weeks and sometimes selling ourselves on this is understanding that all is not lost. You know, if, if we look at any kind of crisis or problem, we, we really can react to it at three levels. Number one, we can sit and complain and whine and get upset about it. Number two, we can talk about it and find ways to cope. And then number three, we can look to not only survive, but try to thrive. And that really is the goal for what we're going to talk about this morning is just some simple concepts, some things, some reminders to help us understand that this will pass. This is a blip in the road. This is one more thing that we have to deal with as business owners, managers, workers. It's just another thing we deal with. And it's, it's not a matter of ignoring it and putting our heads in the sand. It's a important idea that we take the time to build our resilience up and become optimistic and lead properly. So the number one thing that we're encouraging people to do while there might be a little downturn in work or while you're not allowed to go to certain job sites, take the time internally to train. It's often very difficult to train people on the job. You know, a lot of us are busy, we're taking care of our businesses, we're taking care of our customers, we're selling deals, we're closing deals, we're ordering, we're, you know, we're doing all the things that it takes to be in business. Take the time now to train. Take the time knowing that all of your manufacturer's reps are at home. I haven't been on a plane for three weeks. This is weird. <laughs> all of your manufacturer's reps, all of their area reps, most of your association people are all either working from home or confined to the office. They're excited to take time one-on-one -on -one to train you. And using a medium like this to get video training, it's phenomenal. WQA's modular education program is a fantastic resource to use right now. Get your team signed up. You've got people, you're being a good boss, you're paying them to be at work, even though there's not a lot of work, you're doing the right thing. Take advantage of that downtime, train them. The extension of training is team building. Take the time to talk to your people and bolster them up. Take the time to understand who they are, how they work, and motivate them to do better. You know, as leaders, we're nervous. We're afraid. Yeah, that's okay. It's okay to be afraid. Uh, there's an old wartime adage, being a hero is not the absence of fear, but being a hero is how you respond to fear. 
And really in our business lives, it's okay to be afraid, but it's what we do with that fear. It's how we deal with that fear. Are we going to use that fear to hurt our business and sit and obsess and worry about what's going to happen? Or are we going to dig deep within ourselves, find ways to make ourselves better, make our businesses stronger? So team building activities that are good, and they extend from training, but it's something as simple as sitting down and talking to your team, talking about what they're worried about, talking about how their families are doing making sure that they understand that you care about them as much or more than they care about you. You know, employees are our greatest asset. Employees are not a liability. Employees are an asset. They're an asset that needs to be nurtured. And the better we treat our employees, the more opportunity that our employees have to treat us well. Another thing that we really need to be doing right now is also checking in our clients. Not checking in to see if we can sell something, but just checking in, reminding them that we're there, that we genuinely care. If you don't care, don't tell them you care because they're not stupid. They know that you don't care. But if you care, check in with them. If you care about your customers, see how they're doing. If you care about your customers, see if there's ways that you can help them. You know, I don't want to embarrass Mike Baird on the call, but Mike, I'm going to anyway. So, Mike, I'm going to call you out. You did a phenomenal thing for a brewing company down in um, Marietta, California. They had a, a need in the community to help out the, um, the local retirement community that were running out of water for CPAP machines and, and other things. Mike Baird's company stepped up. And they helped out one of their clients, a brewing company, to provide the water that was needed for these end users. Something that simple, something that simple showing that we care goes such a long way. Because when you do care and you do these things because it's the right thing to do, it has such a phenomenal effect on company morale. People around you in your circle see this. And this, at the end of the day, is what leadership is about. It's about us doing the best we can for people that we care about. The next thing that tends to get overlooked is cleaning up our business database. Uh, those of us running CRM and ERP programs, how many part numbers do we have in our ERP that we don't even use? A lot of the bigger systems, we're paying per part number to keep that part number in our system. Maybe it's time to take a look at that ERP and start uh, archiving those old part numbers. What about existing customers that have multiple entries, bad entries, things like that? Let's take the time to clean that up. Let's take the time because when the recovery comes, it's going to be fast and furious. And we're not going to have the time. In fact, it's going to get crazy again and we're going to get out of control. So take the time now while you don't have anything else to do. Clean up your records. As you're talking to your clients, make sure you have all the right contact info. As you're talking to the clients, make sure you understand about their business. Take this time to get more quality data in your business about your customers. And of course, the last thing is a big nebulous thing, prepare for the recovery. What does that mean? Uh, a lot of people have cut down to core essential personnel. Are you ready for if and when things come back to normal? We know it's going to come back to normal. No matter what catastrophic thing happens, everything gets back to normal. World War I, World War II, all of these horrible conflicts, life goes back to normal. COVID, we're coming back to normal and we're going to come back to busier and better than ever before. How do you prepare for that? Well, it's really simple. 
You make your business more resilient so that you're more comfortable for next time. And you make sure that you're looking at where your infrastructure planning is. Look at space, look at people, look at vehicles. If you've got that one vehicle that you've been hesitating to get repaired, get it repaired now while there's time to have it out of the fleet. If you've got that repair that you need to do on your DI float, you might be doing a little less DI business right now. Let's get that repaired and take the time to allow things to cure. It's things like that we need to be thinking about. Kathleen, next slide, please. So how do we build our resilience? How do we buffer ourselves so that the next time it's less scary? I mean, COVID-19 is something. What about COVID-20 or COVID-2021 or the zombie apocalypse 2022? I mean, something's going to happen next. This isn't the last time we see something wild and crazy. What happens if China decides they want their own trade war? What happens if Canada wants a trade war? Who knows what could happen? What will that do to you? So the, the things we need to look at, and these apply with or without COVID. These are just smart things. And I'm not taking credit for this. I'm sure a lot of you all know this, but these are smart things that we all need to remember and remind ourselves of. Number one, let's look at our inventory. There's nothing worse than selling something and not having it to go and fulfill the work. So build up your inventory cushion. Look carefully at your turn. Adjust your turn ratios so that we have a little more inventory on hand because we have some volatility and uncertainty in the inventory marketplace. And we don't see that going away for a while. Next thing to take advantage of right now is vendor terms. A lot of vendors are concerned about making sure they keep moving product and they're a little more generous with extending terms. Few people in my, my sphere of influence have successfully negotiated 60 and 90 day payment terms with some of their vendors. It's not a bad thing to do. It helps you out, keep you um, on track as far as your cash flow. And if you and your vendor have a symbiotic relationship, it's a great way to make sure that your, your uh, cash flow is being protected. Speaking of cash flow, we need to talk about a cash cushion. So stress magnifies weakness. The biggest weakness being magnified in most businesses in the water sector and outside of the water sector is cash flow. If you're running your business so tight, and when I say tight, I mean margin tight. If you're running your business so tight that you can't handle payroll if business drops down in one month, you got a problem. And typically we find our, our issues with cash flow come from net profitability. We're not charging enough. Collections, we're letting our customers go too long without a plan. And of course, the last one is available of capital that we have access to. Um, in these crazy times, there are customers that have trouble paying. And one thing to consider doing is um, going after those customers that you have that are way out there, the people that are into that 60 and 90 day period and offering cash settlements. Keeping somebody on the books for X amount of dollars without any net revenue back is a liability to you. Sometimes it's best for discretion to take the better part of value and cash that out. Make a cash settlement, get something out of it instead of hoping to maybe one day be 18th in line in their bankruptcy proceedings. Next is banks right now. Uh, the SBA situation is going crazy. A lot of people have applied for their uh, paycheck protection program. But the SBA in general, the 
the climate at the SBA is they're looking at easing a lot of the requirements on lenders, which then will trickle down for the lender requirements to business owners. And this is unrelated to the disaster recovery. This is just general SBA loans. So it's something to keep in mind. And with the SBA situation, a lot of the commercial banks are looking at extending lines of credit. So make sure you have at least one line of credit, preferably two to three, and make sure you're keeping that refreshed and you're keeping your banker updated on your financial stability. You know, having a good relationship with your commercial banker is very important because you need to make sure that you have people that care about you. You know, we all joke about the bank is the person that will lend you an umbrella and then ask for it back when it starts to rain. And the more likely the situation is to happen will depend on what your relationship is like with your bankers. So talk to your local banks, your credit unions, try and reinforce those relationships while people are stuck home wondering about what to do with their business. On the other end, look at your clients, monitor payment changes, monitor that contractor who's really good at giving you your draws within 14 days. If they suddenly go out to 21 days or 30 days, it's time for a conversation. Don't be afraid to call people and talk to them. Uh, building contractors often are running into the same problems we are as commercial contractors. They run into issues where they have cash flow issues. Um, one of the big complications we're seeing coming up lately is retention. There's a number of builders that are unduly retaining that 10% longer than they should. Jobs are completed, warranty periods completed, nobody's seeing a retention check. You can't let that go more than a day. You have to make sure that you're on top of that. And either you personally or somebody in the business needs to be tracking that at all times so that you don't forget about that 10% here, that 10% there. That retention needs to be, needs to be really carefully monitored. Lean rights, especially in now in this time with force majeure issues, lean rights are a complication. Uh, it's okay to notify someone of an intention to lean. In fact, in most of the U.S. states, you can file an intention to lean on the initial beginning of the job. Once that job starts, you can file an intention to lean. And that can stay on until you're paid. Now, if you have a relationship with a contractor, but you don't have a relationship with the building owner, contractor uh, takes advantage of you, it's amazing how quickly the building owner responds when you notify them of your intention to lean punitively. So make sure you're up to speed on your latest lien laws. Most of the progressive states, um, when I say progressive, I mean progressive as far as training. Most of the progressive states in their contractor licensing and training have really good education on lien recovery law. And uh, make sure you take advantage of that. That's usually free education from the state. They want you to be as well educated as possible on how to navigate the legal system so that they can keep everything running smoothly. And then the last thing which is coming up more and more is contracts. Take a look at those contracts. Number one, where'd you get the contract? Is this a copy of somebody else's contract that you saw once on a job site and you thought it was cool, so you copied and pasted it? Are you using a contract that's got verbiage in it that's outdated by 20 years? Not a bad idea to pay a legal professional a few dollars to review your contracts and look at the latest case law and make sure that you're adequately protected. A lot of the case law in recent times has made it more and more difficult for contractors to collect. 
the subcontractor's place in the hierarchy of the construction industry, unfortunately, has become weakened in the last five to eight years. And because of that, we need to be really careful with how we write our contracts, make sure that everything in your contract is enforceable, particularly when you're dealing with companies that are out of state or when you're dealing with interstate operations. And then review again very carefully when you're dealing with municipal, county, and federal actors. There's a lot of rules and things that you have to make sure you're compliant with. Otherwise, your contract can be voided in its entirety and you're out in the cold. VA is a good example of that. Kathleen, next one, please. Thank you. So coming to the end and wrapping it up, this is the part that we all tend to overlook as business owners or as business managers. We get so hung up in the business and taking care of our people and taking care of our customers. We forget about ourselves. And I just wanted to remind all of us, myself in particular, because I'm the biggest hypocrite on this, we have to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. Take time for you. Take time to exercise, eat properly, sleep properly. Four hours of sleep doesn't cut it. I don't care how smart you think you are. You've got to get more sleep. You've got to exercise, even if it's just a walk around the block. You've got to do something to get the blood flowing. And, of course, the better we treat our bodies, the better we do. Nutrition's important. Uh, stress, again, magnifies weakness. If we're not physically resilient, it's really hard to be mentally resilient. So take the time, carve out some time in your day for you. And just as important as you is your family. Make sure you're blocking time for your family. Make sure in your schedule, you're giving your family time. Now, there was a trite saying in the 70s, you know, it's not about quantity, it's about quality. Well, it's kind of true. But really, it's about attention and focus. If you give your family the attention and focus they deserve, your life is better. And you've got people at home that love you and care about you and want you to succeed. And often in a lot of our businesses, we have family in our businesses with us. And it's important that we don't lose track of those familial relationships. Take time with our family. And of course, the third one, which we all forget to do is, why are we doing this? Let's look at the long-term plan. What's our plan for next year? The, the temptation in times like this is to act reactively. The temptation in times like this is just kind of get stuck as a deer in the headlights and just react to the impetus coming at us. React to the crisis, get home exhausted, crash, get up in the morning, lather, rinse, repeat, 16 cups of coffee and get back to work. And, and the issue is if we're not looking at what we're doing, what we want, when we want it, why we want it, and how we think we're going to get there. We'll be sitting at 55, 58, 60 years old, looking back on the last 30 years going, huh, what happened? Where'd the money go? And what do I do now? And so this is really important for us. Uh, whether you're an owner, a manager, an employee, look at your plan. Look at why you do things. Do you have goals for your personal finances? Do you have goals for your business finances? If this is a business you're planning on selling, when do you plan on selling it? How much money would you like to make by selling it? If you're an employee, how much money do you want to make every month? When do you want to see that change? How do you think you can get there? If you're a leader, 
How does your role influence the company and how are you compensated? We need to be thinking about these things, talking about these things, and most importantly, creating plans for ourselves. If you don't at least have a one-year plan, I'm concerned for you. Preferably, we should be looking out one, three, and five-year horizons to make sure that we are really thinking about where we want to be and trying to think about how to get there. And the most important thing is setting goals for ourselves that are attainable, reasonable, attainable goals that we can secure on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. <clears throat> and then most important, measuring. If you can't measure it, you can't manage it. So we have to, when we set these goals for ourselves, we have to set a metric and then look at what that metric is doing. Don't just sit down today and go, yay, I'm going to make some goals and then do nothing about it. You have to measure. You have to observe. It's no different than fixing a water system. If you replace the control head, you better test the water to see if it worked. There's no sense just replacing the head and wondering. So the same thing in our personal and business lives. As leaders, whether you're a business owner, a manager, or an employee, you're a leader. As leaders, there's three things I want to talk about. Uh, number one is your integrity. These are tough times. These are times when there's temptation to not necessarily do the right thing. There's temptation to not necessarily be honest. And we need to remember that our integrity has to be infallible. We have to be the same person Monday through Sunday, 24-7. Your word needs to be your bond. <clears throat> what you say, what you do is who you are. Don't fall into the temptation of being dishonest. Make sure that your integrity is beyond reproach. As a leader, especially, if you have people that report to you, they need to be able to trust you implicitly. If you tell them the sky is blue, you don't want them looking outside to check. They need to just know and understand. The next thing that's hard for leaders often is empathy. Empathy means understanding somebody else's position. It doesn't mean agreeing with them, but it means understanding where they come from. And as we're dealing with customers who have hard times, vendors who have hard times, our own families, our own employees, our own coworkers, we need to listen and try to understand somebody else's opinion. We don't have to agree. And, you know, I look at today's world, especially in social media, it's, it's almost like a love-hate. Either you love someone because they agree with you or you hate them because they disagree with you. And a sign of intelligence is to be able to entertain an opposing opinion. And it's okay to listen with empathy, understand what people are saying, and try to find ways to work with it. And then the last one, and we'll close off on that, is who you are and what do you project? What do you project to the world? What do you project to your employees? What do you project to your people? Be real. Be real in working through this crisis. It's okay not to have the answers. It's okay to be nervous. It's okay to share that you're nervous. But really, at the end of the day, it's what we do next. So we're day 9,900,999 of the COVID lockdown, and people are getting tired of it. People are getting irritated. Things are uncertain. We're in this weird world. It's a crazy time. Yeah, so what? We're alive. Nobody's got shot yet. We're doing okay. We now have to move forward. We now have to take our businesses survive and thrive. So thank you for your attention and thank you for your time. This is
is Kathleen Burbage, WQA's Global Regulatory and Government Affairs Manager with your regulatory update. Most states have postponed their legislative sessions, been on recess, or gone into a special session to pass the state's budget and COVID-19-related legislation. To provide you the most up-to-date information on what is happening in your state, we have added a link to the National Conference of State Legislators' Legislative Sessions Tracking webpage to our April's Bills list. Here, you can monitor the status of your state. I encourage you to visit WQA's Government Affairs webpage to review the latest state actions to pending legislation and those signed into law through WQA's Bills list. I'm Kathleen Burbage for WQA Radio. Now our WQA tip, we want to make sure you continue to check out the coronavirus resources on the WQA website. We've got new HR tips, resources for you, a video that steps you through the various pages of content. Don't forget that update COVID-19 and drinking water. Just go to wqa.org slash coronavirus. We're adding to the resources as we go. And if you missed any of our live virtual education sessions in April, you're still able to see the recorded sessions on demand. Throughout the rest of the year, just simply go to wqa.org slash convention, then click on the education tab, and all of those great resources are there for you and your entire team. Thanks for listening to WQA Radio, news and insights about residential, commercial, and industrial water treatment. Remember, you can subscribe to WQA Radio on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just search for WQA Radio, then hit subscribe. Each new podcast will appear in your podcast catcher or podcast player automatically each week. That's the magic of podcasting. And be sure to rate and review the podcast as well. Learn more about water at WQA.org and learn more about WQA product certification, professional certification, and how you can become a member at WQA.org. This is Wes Bleed. So long from WQA Radio. WQA Radio.